Hey, this is Donnie here uh, for the Brewmasters Club, Geek News and Craft Brews. Uh, we are here tonight with Professor Paris talking about Planet Nine and beer. Um, Professor Paris, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, thanks for coming. Um, today was a great presentation. It's what we call grown-up science, where we uh, bring adults to learn about some cool topic. And tonight was Planet Nine, and you get to have a couple of cold beers and some snacks. Uh, today's topic is pretty cool. Everybody's interested in this hypothetical planet in the edge of the solar system called Planet Nine. It's a beast. It's about ten times the size of Earth, and it's doing this strange gravitational dance with these trans-Neptunian objects. These are objects out in the Kuiper Belt. We don't, we can't see Planet Nine, but based on the orbits of these other objects, we know it's there. And astronomers think that we're close. In about two years, we will find Planet Nine. Very good. So tonight's talk was kind of just uh, showing a little bit about what it was, or, or where it is, or hypothetically where it was. I mean, was it just recently discovered, 2014? Correct. Um, no, it's it's been in about more than about eight to nine years. We thought about this thing that's out there because of the gravitational anomalies, and we decided about. Two years ago, we said, okay, there has to be something there. Uh, so the guys in Caltech are working all day, all night to find this Planet X. So it's so far away. The years are so much longer. It's probably very cold, 360 degrees or so it's, below. It's 367 below degrees. It's dark because the sun's influence. You can't really see it. Uh, it's far, so it's pitch black. And its orbit is about fifteen to 20,000 years. So it's, it's, if we miss it now, we're not going to see it for a long time. So the benefit here is that it might be a hypothetical ninth planet in our solar system, or is it that there, there, it's just a new exploration, a new point for science, something else to focus on to learn more yeah, about? Yeah, planet, uh, the, it's so far away, and it's part of a Kuiper belt, that it's not going to be part of the solar system. It'll still be a trans-Neptunian object. Um, but it's still cool that we, we're living in an era where telescopes are finding these things every day. Awesome. So compared to like something like Titan or a moon that's closer or some sort of like, um, what is it, Gliese 4-6 or whatever it may be that, that, mm -hmm. that is this potentially habitable, what, what does this mean overall for the science community, for the, the astronomical? It, it means that we're reshaping how the solar system functions. Uh, we're, we're, the further we go out, the better we can see. Um, we're starting to say, rewrite the history of how the solar system works, so I think that's cool. Thanks for listening, guys. And now we're just going to go ahead and play just a few minutes left of uh, Professor Paris's speech. So if you want to just tune in for the next few minutes, um, these are just kind of little segments of him kind of explaining Planet Nine and what exactly it was. It was almost like oval shape, highly inclined orbit and um, elliptical. And that's because the gravity from this object called Planet Nine is causing all these strange little TNLs to have these inclined elliptical orbits. So there it is, little flame. And I promise you, I did that for real. No special effects. There's no magnet in the bottom. Ted's not under there playing with it. Um, so we think that these transnetonian objects, their elliptical orbits, have to be caused by something we call Planet Nine, which we leads us to our main discussion. So there's Planet Nine. Um, here's the difficulty with trying to find Planet Nine. It's far, which we'll talk about in a minute. But more importantly, the the gravity, the sun's influence when it comes to illumination, light, ends kind of like at the Kuiper Belt. So this planet's not going to get a whole lot of light. So we're looking for an object on a black background, right? And it's going to be rather difficult to find. Um, but using gravitational uh, formulas and math, we can at least try to pinpoint it. And as our telescopes get better and better, especially with James Webb, which is going to launch soon, 
uh, hopefully we'll be able to protect it. So based on the, the how these, and I'm not gonna get, get into the math, but based on how these, we, we calculated uh, the elliptical orbits of these transitoning objects. We know how fast they're moving. We know how fast they're going around this hypothetical planet. We can determine using the gravity formula what size this thing could, has to be. So we estimate that planet nine is about eight to 10 uh, sizes of the Earth. So that's a pretty big, decent planet out there. Um, and we believe it's potentially almost like a terrestrial planet with a very thin atmosphere. So think of like Pluto. Pluto's a terrestrial planet, but it's a very thin atmosphere, lots of ice. It's gonna be very cold out there. Um, there's a comparison, I was to put it together. Um, that's Neptune, right? Um, it's not planet nine, but for comparison reasons, that would be the size of Earth as well as planet nine. Here is the tricky part. Planet nine has an apogee, meaning that's the furthest it is away from the sun of, of uh, 1,200 astronomical units, meaning that its orbit, Earth's orbit is 365 days, one year, um, its orbit is about 15 to 20,000 years. Um, that's a long time. None of us are around that long to calculate uh, the orbit of this, this object that's so far. Um, but it's pretty far out, and its inclined orbit is about uh, 30 to 40 degrees, based on how these trans-Nettonian objects are moving. So the big enchilada today is, where is Planet Nine? Um, if you guys have anything else to better do today, tonight, then here is the potential path of where Planet Nine is. Um, and this is basically coming out of the guise of Caltech. Caltech, if you hate why Pluto was demoted, uh, blame Caltech. Those guys were the... Uh, so they, pin, they pinpointed down to 3,500 orbits. Um, but we can get a little closer if we use this awesome app called Sky Safari, which is over here. Um, and I had it set up just for you guys. It's, um, and we're gonna try to look at this tonight if it gets dark enough, but right over here, around Rigel and Taurus, Right around here, uh, we believe, is where, this is basically where all the telescopes, including Caltech, are looking at for the next two years. Um, and they, they actually pinpointed, they, they believe in two years they'll be able to find Planet Nine. But right around here, around Rigel, which you'll see tonight, um, in this little area of uncertainty, is where we potentially think that uh, Planet Nine is tonight. Now, we're not gonna see Planet Nine tonight, okay? It's, it's, it's 1,200 astronomical units away. The, old, the furthest planet we can see where our eyes is Saturn. So you can't see Neptune, you can't see Pluto, you can't see Uranus without, without the use of a telescope. So don't even think about asking, oh, is that Planet Nine up there? Um, it's not gonna happen. So that is the potential path of Planet Nine. This is where all the telescopes, all the universities, all the major astronomers are looking at. So we know what a solar system is. We know why the planets are formed the way they are. Um, we understand a little bit about gravity and gravitational pull. We understand what the Kuiper belt is, so why Pluto was demoted. demoted. Um, and uh, when we, the further we go off from the Kuiper belt, we, we understand that these trans-Neptunian objects have these strange elliptical orbits. And the only thing that can cause that, um, other than magic, some people say, is uh, a large planet, hypothetical planet called Planet Nine. It's not actually hypothetical. We know it's there, 
based on these observations. Um, for example, we 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 saw how Neptune was you know forty excuse me eighty years ago when we were observing Neptune we saw Neptune is not behaving the way it should be. There has to be something out there that's causing causing this gravity. Hence, they thought of a planet, and when it was discovered, it was Uranus. So Uranus was discovered just the way we think about Planet Nine. We have this object, it's behaving uh, in a way that it shouldn't be, so there has to be something out there that's causing these, these, these services. So that's where we end uh, our discussion in Planet Nine, and I have to enter this here because I know there's going to be people here at, talking about what is this Nibiru myth that the Mayans knew about Planet Nine 10, 15,000 years ago, and as it comes around, um, uh, it causes havoc on the Earth, it's the end of the world, it killed the dinosaurs, etc. Um, we have no scientific proof that that ever happened, but I always get one or two people that ask, is Planet Nine Nibiru, and today I got about 20 tweets, is Planet Nine Nibiru, um, no it's not. It could be, but as far as we know, we have no uh, proof whatsoever. So before I end it there, because I know we're all thirsty, including me, um, after the next few slides, we'll go outside, we'll have some beer, we'll chat. If you want to do some demos, that'd be great. But um, we do have some other cool events coming up. Um, we have astronaut Nicole Stott. She's coming on June 3rd. And if you were here for uh, astronaut story, Musgrave, it's, uh, it's a really cool event. She will come and do her talk. You, you, um, this one's a little different, so she'll speak for about an hour. Um, then she'll present an IMAX film, and this is a cool part. Nicole Stott was the first astronaut in history to actually paint an actual painting in, uh, in, in space. So, in keeping that tradition, um, we're going to have a VIP uh, event at that night where she, and uh, as well as Pinot Palettes, which is a local art, art uh, area, she will help you guide, she will guide you through uh, you guys painting your own image uh, with some wine. We're gonna have wine and music and stuff like that. And then she will autograph it for you. So that's gonna be a really cool event. So you get to hang out with an astronaut. She's gonna show you how to paint, you have some wine, you learn a little bit about space. That's gonna, be, that's gonna be on Mosey's website in about one week. So don't go tonight and start buying tickets. Um, and then our next event, which is cool, is the Great American Eclipse. Raise your hand if you know about this eclipse. Okay, the solar eclipse is, is, when I say this, I don't exaggerate. It's once in a lifetime event. If you're my age, you won't see this again, trust me. So um, on August 21st, on top of the Mosey Dome, we'll put this up on the website soon, we're going to have a uh, eclipse luncheon with music. Uh, you learn a little about the eclipse. Um, we'll have some wine or some, no, actually no, we're gonna have margaritas. So it's, it's, it's margaritas with the moon. Actually, that, that's the topic. So we'll have margaritas. You'll get to watch the eclipse once in a lifetime event. Uh, because of the limited space on top of the roof, we are going to limit this to 150 people. Um, these things sell out quick, people. I am not exaggerating. Mm -hmm. So we'll have margaritas on the moon, and I believe the yes, it's tacos. So it's going to the local. I don't know which which restaurant it is, but they're they're, they're doing the margaritas and the tacos. That's going to be a cool event. Um, so that's it for me. Before I end, um, who's heard of New Horizons? New Horizons is, is the spacecraft that launched whew, 10 years ago and reached Pluto uh, a year and a half ago. 
And just from a scientific and uh, engineering perspective, that's a huge, you know, people ask, oh, what's the big deal? Think about that, you have a spacecraft that launched, and in 10 years, it has to, you know, it has to reach an object that's also moving, right? And they'll actually meet in 10 years. So from an engineering perspective, I think that's one of, you know, it's like Hubble, it's one of America's greatest achievements. Uh, guys, Hubble in 50, 120 years from now, will still be in the textbooks as one of the greatest achievements of mankind. It'll be like synonymous with like Pepsi. Um, so anyway, this is a really cool video about if you are my age, okay, or older, you you had the awesome opportunity to actually um, witness mankind's entire exploration of the solar system. So if you're my age, you were already born when we, we, we launched spacecrafts that visited all of the planets. Some of us here are younger, and we've already been to the moon, Mars, and stuff like that. But for some of us, we were actually able to witness this entire event. And New Horizons um, means that we've reached the edge of the solar system, thus there's a new horizon for the next generation. And I think this is why uh, supporting space exploration and NASA and all that cool stuff is very important to me, as well as you know, here at Mosey. So here is New Horizons. This video is from those guys. And after that, if you have any questions, uh, I know you guys want your beer, um, but <laughs> here it is. It has been over 3,000 days since we left Earth. We're now almost 3 billion miles away from home. Out here, where the sun is distant and faint, is a place no one has ever seen before. Pluto and its system of moons, the farthest worlds ever to be explored by humankind. Since the beginning of history, the points of light in the sky have captivated us, particularly those special ones who mysteriously seem to wander. We call them planets, and upon learning that our planet is only one of many in our solar system, how can merely observing these points of light from home ever have been enough? Half a century ago, we began the exploration of all the planets making ever more distant journeys. Each new world, from Mercury to Neptune, revealed its own startling complexity, character, and unimagined beauty.
Uh, so yes, Pluto, uh, New Horizons reach Pluto, but that little spacecraft pulled by human beings is in the Kuiper Belt object and 5, 10, 30, 1 million, 10 million years from now, that little piece of mankind is still going to continue to travel uh, this universe. And it's, I think it's pretty cool. Who knows, maybe sometime while we're all gone, some other species out there will, will find this little New Horizons spacecraft and, and say, hey, uh, we're not alone as well. Um, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed the program. And we're going to open those doors right there. And if you have any questions, I'll be sticking around. Thanks, guys. Um, so for the next 35 minutes, I'm just going to play some music. I'll open the doors. If you want to stay in here, I'll there get some music, have a beer or two. And about quarter till, I'm going to uh, tell you guys, all right, we're going to go around the corner, which is literally around the corner, and we'll go look at some telescopes. Cool. Thanks. Thanks again for listening, guys, and uh, cheers. You've been listening to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club, Craft Brews and Geek News. Grab a beer with the guys and be sure to subscribe to catch additional content. Add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Chat with the guys on Twitter at Brewmasters Club and Facebook and online at www.brewmasters.club. Cheers.